Raise your hand if you ate your child's leftovers this week instead of a full meal for yourself. Or if you've ever ordered a tiny side, like a little salad or I don't know, something else that was just a side at dinner because you knew your kids would have so many leftovers anyway and you could just eat those. Or have you watched your child grab something healthy from the fridge and you think, oh my goodness, why can't I do that? We are talking about all that and more on today's episode with our guest, Katie Hake. You know that we moms can feel so consumed with everyone else and we can forget to take care of ourselves and focus on healthy eating for ourselves. So today we're talking about a way to keep it sustainable, keep it realistic, and just make it fit into our real life. Katie Hake is a registered dietitian and fitness professional in the Indianapolis area. She has a passion for helping people find their fierce. She wants to help you eliminate the rigid, all or nothing mindset that once controlled you and replace it with one that celebrates life's small wins to let you grow. Katie has a dual degree in dietetics and nutrition, fitness, and health from Purdue University. She is a registered dietitian nutritionist, a certified intuitive eating counselor. She is a certified personal trainer, a certified group fitness instructor, and a former international master trainer. Katie wants to help all of us stop quantifying and start living. I know that you are going to leave this episode with so much confidence in just managing food the way you want to in your home, to beat that unhealthy eating mindset, to stay on track where you want to be health-wise, and to just have a few more tools in your back pocket from our non-diet dietitian and trainer, Katie Hake. Come along, friend. Let's grow. Welcome to Families That Stick Together, just step right over the random pile of clothes where it looks like all my kids melted, turn right past the pile of papers still out from last month's school project, maybe don't look at the sink, and make yourself at home, friend. This is where our family of six hangs out. It's where our real life happens. Stay long enough to be reminded of what we both already know, that swimming upstream is not without much work and grace, but it does come with friends who are rooting you on just as fiercely as the way you love your strong family. We work together here as friends so we can get to the end knowing we did well. Come along with us to gather together to grow through it all. Welcome, friend, with your laundry, your running shoes, or your cup of coffee. I can't wait to spend my time with you. And now, my mom. Today, she's officially the mom of two teenagers, Jennifer Zumbiel. Ah, happy birthday, sweet Megs. But you're making me feel old, girl. <laughs> Thanks. All right, welcome back to the show, Katie. I'm so excited to have you back. A lot has happened in a year since the last time I've had you on here for your business and together and our lives. I'm excited to have you back on the show again. I think this is a great way to start a new year. Everyone get back into the focus of taking care of ourselves and just your philosophy of learning how all foods fit into our lives and finding joy and movement and all the things. So welcome back. Thanks. I'm, I'm super excited to be back, especially this topic, especially this time of year. You know, I think 
New Year's resolutions often get such a bad rap, but I kind of like the excitement of a new year, a fresh start. And I think it's a special, this message that we're going to talk about today is especially appropriate because it is very tempting to turn to diets, to feel that pull for weight loss and all those things that do not jive with my philosophy, I guess you could say. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's, let's start with your philosophy then. So what you say for yourself and your clients, Katie, is stop chasing the numbers and do what feels good for you. And not because you have to find joy in the movement and learn why all foods fit. Tell us why you believe this philosophy works and why you think it is a wise mindset for us busy moms to embrace. Yeah. So my philosophy is really, uh, just like it says, you know, really rooted. Number one, I want to say it's rooted in science because as a registered dietitian, everything that I do and and practice is evidence-based. So, you know, I don't just pull things like, well, this worked for me. So it should work for you too. You know, (laughs) it's always going for me back to the research, right? And the research shows us that, you know, 95% of diets or, you know, with the intention of weight loss, 95% of diets, air quotes, fail, meaning over, you know, three to five years after that initial weight loss, almost all people will gain back that weight. And then some, so my philosophy is really about, you know, we'll talk about weight loss because I think it is so prevalent right now, you know, in this time of year, it's really less about the weight and learning to focus on what is my body trying to tell me, you know, what feels good with my body and and hoping, and the research shows us, and, you know, I see it every day in practice that if we can do more of those things that help us to feel more connected, more in tune with our bodies, you know, both physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, our weight's going to get to a place that it needs to be a weight that's healthy, a weight that's happy, a weight that's sustainable. And really that's, especially for moms listening, isn't that what we want, right? That long-term goal. It's easy for us to get distracted in that short-term, but really having that long-term, broader mindset. Yeah. I like how you said healthy, happy, and sustainable. That's really the key because, you know, we talked about this on the show the last time you were here that we moms, basically to sum up our eating habits, sometimes we forget to eat because we're so consumed with everybody else. And so if we can find something that's sustainable, then those days that we feel overcome with the busyness and everything, we've already put something into place that's a habit and that's sustainable That in, in the sense that it's not going to be something we forget to do because it just becomes who we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Okay. You have discussed with your audience about signs of under eating on a lot of posts and podcast episodes. And I think this can be especially true for us moms who can find ourselves living on the mom diet. (laughs) I don't know if this is a thing, but this is what I caught. It's the crust and our kids leftovers, not because we want to, but because we already know our kids will leave it. It'll be wasted. And we don't want to just dump all that food. Can you please share with us how this can lead to under eating some signs of that, why this is a bad habit to get into all the things. Yeah. First, I just want to validate like anybody who, you know, prescribed themselves the mom diet, like that's totally normal. And it's much harder. You know, we talk about like not leaving. I see this with clients all the time, right? They 
kind of subscribe to that clean plate club, meaning I feel like I have to finish the plate. I feel like I can't throw food away, you know, and that, that is a harder habit to break because that is a value, right? That value tied to food. What's the value? You know, the value might be, I spent money on this food. I work hard for my money. And therefore, if I throw away this food, I'm throwing away money. And so that can be a really hard habit to break. And I think another, you know, side of this, uh, you know, this mom's diet is that it feels chaotic. So maybe for a mom, it feels like they're overeating because they're just kind of eating in a chaotic manner. But what we often see is that when we're eating in a way that is unintentional, that is mindless, we're not really in tune to the how much or what, right? And if we're running on adrenaline all day, our body, what our body does, you know, biological response is to maybe maybe not feel that hunger, right? If you've ever been stressed, stress may affect people one of both ways. Or, you know, if you're experiencing grief, right? We've all had these moments where we don't have an appetite. You know, part of that is our body's design to protect us. And we go, 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 go. And then by the end of the day, those hunger hormones, again, body trying to protect you, your hunger hunger hormones will get really loud and then tell you, okay, now I really need you to eat. Okay, Katie, you are sitting here talking about eating and you live by the philosophy of intuitive eating. So you mentioned like, don't eat mindless. Um, Tell us exactly what intuitive eating is. I have been really intrigued by this. You, it makes so much sense to me based on the post that you've written. I have not read the book that inspired you, but tell us all about it. Yeah. So intuitive eating, it's really a self-care model of eating. It, it's not new. However, for anybody listening, maybe you're starting to hear it more, see it more on Instagram. Uh, it's gaining traction definitely, which is exciting, but also nerve wracking because I think you have to be careful of, of really understanding what it is and where it came from. So it was designed in the nineties by a couple of dietitians. Their names are Evelyn Triboli and Elise Resch. They realized, you know, they had all these clients coming into their office and they said, you know, we're telling these clients what to do, you know, foods to eat but they're all coming back and they're all really feeling stuck and they're feeling like failures. Right. And there's a lot of this mindset work that comes into it. And so they develop these 10 principles that really, like I said, put you or put the person, the individual at the focus, you know, really honoring that we were all born intuitive eaters. We were all born with that natural instinct of what to eat, how much to eat, you know, honoring when we're hungry, stopping when we're full, but also enjoying our food, you know, enjoying our bodies. And so, you know, fast forward, they, there are now over 150 studies that support uh, the efficacy of intuitive eating. So it is evidence-based, you know, and there's a lot of research that supports that those who are intuitive eaters, you know, do have better health, health numbers, you know, I'd say health numbers that could be like better or, or lower cholesterol, you know, more improved body image, you know, better resiliency. They eat more variety of foods. I mean, there's so many positive benefits that are associated with it. And in terms of weight, because a lot of people say, well, if you eat intuitively, does that just mean you eat whatever you want, whenever you want, and as much as you want? And the answer is yes. However, you know, intuitive eaters are more at their natural weight. You know, they have less of that yo-yo dieting or, or that we call it weight cycling. And research shows that weight cycling or that, you know, gain five, lose five, gain 10, lose 10, 
that up and down, that can actually be more harmful to our health long-term. So that's what it is. Um, you know, like I said, yes, there's a book. There's actually several editions of the book now. Um, there's a workbook that I use. It's sitting on my desk right now, actually, because <laughs> I use this with all my clients because this is backed in, in research as well. You know, when people go through this workbook, they actually do the activities. There's been studies that show that while wow, they actually have some of those benefits, which for me is super exciting because it's, it's like that beauty of where science and self-care meet, which is like my jam. So tell me if you're doing that workbook with a client, what, what kind of mindset are you taking them through to like on the initial introduction to this? Yeah, it's, it's definitely a journey. You know, I think a lot of people think working with a dietitian is here's a meal plan, you know, good luck, goodbye. But I used to do that and I realized, yeah, that doesn't really work because what happens, especially in a mom's shoes, I plan to eat this at this time, but life happens. We're stuck in the car. I, you know, a kid get, has to come home sick from school. Like life happens, right? And that's not realistic, nor is it sustainable. So the first you know, few sessions working with a client, it's really us trying to understand their own history around food, really helping to understand what's your story around food? What's your story around your body? You know, what, what happened in different times of your life that may or may not was associated with your weight? You know, was there a time where you felt happy, where you felt confident, where you had good energy, you know, where you were confident in the decisions around food and you really felt in tune with your body. And and we try to figure out where was that point that things changed? You know, maybe it was a diet, maybe it was a relationship, you know, where somebody was really shameful around eating habits or where did these rules develop and really helping somebody to understand what's happened that's gotten you to where you are today. That's contributed to, you know, a lot of rules around food, a lot of rigidity that's really ultimately forced you to feel disconnected, to feel like you can't be trusted around food. I think that's such a great outlook on anything. I mean, here with together and talking about communication habits and families, you go, go, go. And you, you think everything will be fine and you're not getting to the root of things, which might be for a lot of families, we're too busy. And all we have to do is actually schedule the family dinner time. And so if we get to the root of that and put that on our calendar, then we can start handling everything else. And, and so I like that you say, don't just jump into these new diet trends and fads because you're not getting to the root. Like, let's go way back and see why you even feel this way. And let's try to combat that. That's awesome. You're so good with your clients. <laughs> oh, thank you. That's so sweet. I will also add too, you know, for somebody listening, that's a really great place to start is to just get curious, you know, not judgmental, but curious about, huh, what, what do I believe around food? Where did this rule come from that I can only eat, you know, or that I can't put cream in my coffee? Like where did these rules come from? And then you get to decide, you know, based on, I think this really ties into together, like, what are my values? What's important to me as a person in my life? You know, and you get to decide, you get to look at, you know, if I've wasted a lot of years dieting or focusing on food, focusing on my body, really trying to micromanage everything, at what cost? Has that pulled me away from my family? Has that made mealtime 
really frustrating because I'm trying to make something for me and the family, something else, right? Like ask yourself, what is the cost of trying to stick to, you know, these new diets or these new fads or things like that? And then think, what are my values? What's important to me? Is it family? Is it authenticity? You know, what's important? That looks different for everybody. And then you get to look at those rules and decide, well, does this really line up with my values? You know, if the answer is no, then it's starting to do some of that work of, you know, I like to say, my goal with clients is to help them really untangle (laughs) everything in their heads and unlearn some of those rules and really start to rewrite that story. You know, if you were raised a certain way around food, if you were raised to believe certain things about different body types, you now have your own family and you get to maybe end that cycle. Maybe your mom did Weight Watchers. Maybe your mom did, you know, all the cut out sugar, low fat, all these different trends. You, you can change that, you know, if you have daughters, but this also affects men as well. I work with men who also struggle with disordered eating, negative body image, you know, it impacts everybody. But I think the home, especially dinner time, it's such a beautiful place to start to look at food as a positive thing and to celebrate all the different aspects of food. Okay. So with that, you're talking about these, these diet fads and things. Tell us because I love this perspective and we have to change all the habit and the whole mindset, but there's always going to be the person who says, Oh, I got a wedding in two months. I need to fit into that dress or I want to look good. So I'm going to do this fatty detox diet. Change our perspective on that and, and tell us about, cause you have a cool tool on your website that's for free, but just change our minds on that. Yes. Oh my gosh. I could talk about this, this forever, but you know, in a nutshell, research shows us, you know, and if if for somebody who's like, I don't know about this research, look at your own history. You know, what has happened in the past when you put, when you've put foods off limits, we'll use that as, as an example, let's say like sugar detox. I think that's a really, really common one in the past, in your history, what happens when you say, I'm going to have no sugar. I don't know about you, but for me in my history and, and for the history of many of my clients, they do really great on Monday. They maybe make it all the way till Wednesday. But by the time Friday hits, it's like all the stress, all the chaos from the week, all that mental you know, energy. There, we can only hang out. You know, I, I think of it like a pendulum, right? We can only hang out on that side of restriction for so long until we can't, right? Biology will win every time. And then we often swing to the other side, which feels chaotic. It doesn't feel good physically. It doesn't feel good mentally. It makes us feel like a failure. And why can't I do this? And it doesn't feel good emotionally, right? So you know, when someone feels that pull, again, I would go back to like your history of what what's happened in the past when I've done this. Do the pros outweigh the cons, you know? Will five pounds, you know, short term, we know that especially short term, like that's just water weight. Will that really make a difference? Does that really get to the root of me feeling confident in what I'm wearing? You know, are there other things that I can do to help me feel confident at that wedding or, you know, in that dress? Maybe I've got to go buy a different dress. If that dress doesn't fit, maybe I just feel better long-term. You know, I'd have so much free space in my head if I just bought another dress, right? Or got something that made me feel good. Um, that seems like a simple answer. <laughs> Go buy a new dress. <laughs> right. Right. Like if you think about it, it's like, or you can just buy a new dress. What, what a, 
what much more time we would save, what more mental energy. And I'll give another example because our listeners have kids, right? Have you ever gone to a store, department store? Maybe I think I used to work in a doctor's office where there was these little emergency red buttons, like right at a toddler's eye height, right? And it's fortunately they didn't work, but it's like telling a child to, okay, you see that red button right at your eye level. I, I don't want you to look at it. I don't want you to touch it. I don't even think about it, right? You tell somebody that what's going to be their focus, they're hyper-focused on, right? And that same thing happens with food. And you know, if we talk about sugar specifically, there's this research behind habituation. I really encourage anybody who's curious about it, look up habituation. And you know, the best example I can give is if we just finished Christmas, right? At the time of this um, recording, remember your kids, like they, they probably opened up the super exciting present that they really wanted. It was like top of their list from Santa. You know, they played with it all day, Christmas day. What are we in January? Are they still playing with that toy? Maybe, <laughs> but it's likely they're over it. Right. And so we see the same thing happen with food when we can get to a point where we really can look at all foods as neutral. I know it sounds, it's easier said than done, but it can be done. It loses that allure, right? And then we can get to, we can make decisions around food. We can decide, you know, what do I really want? Maybe I really do want an apple or maybe I really do want a cupcake. Either way, there's no morality tied to it. And it's just not as big of a deal. Okay, friends, so I know you are a lot like me. You want to have those date nights. When you do, you and your husband have a wonderful time. You have awesome conversation. You laugh the whole time. You love it, but that time just doesn't happen often enough. Not because you don't want it to. Not necessarily because you're not making time for it, but because you can't find the time. The kids always come first. The busy activities come first. And you know that your marriage is strong and you feel like you are okay. But what if you had the most simple way to gather all the little moments that you do have and really connect? Because we all know the words matter. They matter for creating those special times where we just grow, we bond, and we build that foundation that we know we want and we need. Together for date night conversation starter stickers make it so super easy and they do it in the small moments for us, which if we don't have a lot of time, we do have an abundance of small moments. Just peel the sticker, put it on your coffee mug in the morning, put it on your husband's pillow, put it on the mirror, Put it on your wine glass when you go out to dinner, wherever. It is endless. Go to togethermoments.com, order yours now, and you will have it right in time for Valentine's Day, whether you get a date out of the house or you make it happen in the house. And the Together sticker I have for you, Katie, comes from Together for Date Night and my one and only category. And this sticker says, the one pet peeve that really bothers me is being on your phone at dinner, especially at a restaurant. Now I am guilty of it too, but I try to make a conscious effort of phones down. We are focusing. However, it seems like every restaurant now has the QR codes that you have to scan. So you naturally have your phone out. So I really appreciate when there's an actual menu that we can sit and look at and <laughs> not get distracted by a text or whatever comes up on your phone.
I second that. I think those QR codes are so annoying for that. There's always a push to get your phones off the table from some, you know, major group in the community. And here all these restaurants are not giving us paper menus. Right. So practicing to just look at the menu, decide what I want, and then put my phone back away. I love it. Thanks, Katie. So tell us about your five-day sugar challenge that someone could go grab right now from you. Yes, so kind of going along that lines of habituation, it's it's not what you think, but basically it's, it's five days and I'll send you information, a little nugget each day about really the research behind sugar. I hear this all the time, like I'm addicted to sugar, I can't stop eating it. And it's like, well, there, that's not the case. It's not what the research, it feels addictive. But there's a lot of myths that we can we can bust behind sugar. But essentially, it the goal is that you include, you know, you get permission to eat sugar, to eat a cookie at breakfast if that's what you want. Because again, I can guarantee you, if you tell yourself that you can have a cookie for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, you can do that Monday through Friday. I can almost guarantee you by Friday, you're going to be like, I don't want to look at another cookie. I, I'm over cookies, right? But you have to actually experience that. It's one thing for me to tell you, for you to listen. You have to actually experience it for yourself in order to really understand what I'm talking about. Yeah, I like I like your philosophy of not being scared of the food, not putting all these limits around it, and just enjoying what's there, making it work for you. Now, you your clients can work with you in person in, in, in Indianapolis and you help them with fitness and with nutrition. They can sit down with you. You can do all this stuff. But what about the person who's listening right now that says, I need Katie in my life. I need her to be my coach. (laughs) What can she do with you right now online? And tell us about that, that experience that she would get from you. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Thank, thank you. First of all, for asking, uh, I, so yes, I do have a private practice based out of Indianapolis, Indiana, but I also see clients virtually, you know, one-on-one, just like how we're sitting here on, on zoom. I see clients uh, via zoom as well. So you can go to my website, katiehake.com forward slash schedule. I do do free, you know, 15, 20 minute consults to just see if we vibe, you know, I think finding a dietitian is just like trying to find a therapist or a trainer, you know, or wherever it is, right. You got to make sure that it's somebody that you connect with. And I'm very transparent about, uh, the work that I do because it is countercultural and it's, it's not for everybody. And you really have to be, you don't have to be ready. Like you can do this work scared (laughs) and uncomfortable. You could be out of your comfort zone. Um, but I, I really, really like to talk to people to see if it would be a good fit, you know, and from there we, we move into our initial consult where I ask way too many questions about your life and we kind of get a game plan of what that would look like working together. But I also have a ton of free resources on my website, on my blog. Like you said, I love Instagram and uh, my podcast as well. We talk all things nutrition, fitness, wellness from a non-diet lens. I would definitely take advantage of the free consultation, the 15 to 20 to Free Zoom video. What do you do it over Zoom all the time? Yes. Okay. Yes, Zoom. Be, I was going to say because I've known Katie for several years now. We only met through our businesses. And you will fall in love with sitting on the video with her. She feels like an old friend. She's so happy and in tuned, no pun intended, to you <laughs> sitting in front of her. And I just think you should totally take advantage of it. And at the very least, definitely go follow her on Instagram because you will get all those amazing 
tidbits every day. Her Instagram's beautiful and it's so easy to follow as far as like doable things you can actually implement into your everyday life. And with that, let's end with this question. Katie, how do we live as moms here? Our real life busy days and not fall into the health the unhealthy eating mindset that you warn your clients against. I know that you're talking about this, this whole episode, but give us just a couple tips where we can get off this episode and feel like we can beat the unhealthy eating mindset today. Yeah. I love this because I am, I too am all about action steps. Like, okay, tell me what I can actually do now. And I think a really great place for moms to start is to take a look at your environment you know, where are you getting a lot of those unhelpful messages? If you're following somebody on social media and you realize every time you look at it, it makes you feel worse about yourself, like unfollow, you know, you don't, or if it's somebody, you know, (laughs) you don't have to unfollow. There's actually a feature you can just click mute and don't, you don't see them in your feed. Another really great, you know, talk about environment when you're feeling stuck or you don't know how to take care of yourself, look at your kids. You know, kids are the best intuitive eaters. If you put, you know, a cookie, uh, sorry, I have cookies on my brain. We're doing our Christmas cookie. (laughs) It's like all the Christmas cookies in my brain. If you give a child a plate with a cookie, broccoli, some chicken, you know, and present it all at once, watch their eating habits. They'll probably eat a little bit of everything. Some days they might eat the whole cookie. Some days they won't, you know? And so if we can get back to that feeling of what feels good, you know, and again, use your kids, do this with them. How does that feel in your stomach? You know, how do you want to feel? You know, do you want energy to play? Like if we can really connect with that, I think that is a great example and and place to start is just our environment. And what are we doing in our day to day to, to be more mindful and just create more space, which is hard. (laughs) but we all need a little bit more space just to breathe, just to reconnect. Absolutely. And I, I think it's so interesting. You said, look at how your children eat, because that made me think of one of my children in particular, she, she will just go in the fridge and just start eating lettuce. And (laughs) she'll just say, she's always been like that, but she'll just, she also will grab a cookie. She's not like you know, anti cookies or anything, but she'll just say, yeah, my body just needed lettuce right now. And it's like, that's awesome that you know that about yourself, (laughs) but it's it's true because she wants to, not because she has to. Right. And so thinking about that too, you know, what do I, what do I really want? What sounds good? What would feel good? You know, you could ask yourself that about food. You could ask that question about movement. You know, if you're having a crazy chaotic day, what am I feeling? I'm feeling stressed. What do I need? I need to close the door and sit in the laundry room and take like five deep breaths. <laughs> you can ask that question and apply it to so many things. Yeah, so true. And now it's making me think I need you back on here because then we're going to talk about the grocery shopping. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because when I, I sit topic. there and think, okay, I need this, I am craving this, but it's not in my refrigerator. So mm-hmm. I go to the box mm-hmm. of crackers and eat the whole thing. But yeah. <laughs> so that's another whole episode, I think, of making sure we're prepared to feed our bodies the right foods, right? Yeah. Less decisions sometimes can be helpful. That's where that meal prep can come in. It's like, if I don't have to think about it, 
I'm more likely to grab some of those things that will actually nourish me for a little bit longer versus like, like you said, the crackers or whatever's just there and easy and accessible. Yeah. Meal prep. I I need a meal prep episode for sure. (laughs) All right. Well, Katie, we could clearly talk all day. This was a fantastic episode. I feel like I'm leaving with so many good tips to just get my mindset shifted right away this year. I want to ask you the question though, that I ask every guest, what's one thing helping your family stick together right now? Oh my goodness. We just got a dog. I shouldn't say we just got her. It's been a few months now, but she's still puppy. Uh, she is definitely taking all our focus, but bringing us together, forcing communication and in all aspects, good, bad, we're learning together. <laughs> I love the puppy answer. All good newlyweds get a puppy. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've been a newlywed now. You're in your second newlywed year. I know. Yes, right? Is that crazy? Like, yeah, that's wild to think about. Oh, that's so awesome. All right, Katie, you've told us some great ways to connect with you, but again, tell us how you can be our personal coach and where all the places we can find you. Yeah. So I hang out on Instagram. My Instagram is at K-T-H-A-K-E. H-A-K-E. So K-T-H-A-K-E. My podcast is called Fit Friends Happy Hour. You can find that wherever you listen to podcasts. And then that freebie, if you want to check out that freebie that um, Jennifer mentioned, katiehake.com forward slash sugar. You just enter your email. I'll send you right to your inbox. You'll get a little PDF along with emails for the next five days, just kind of talking you through some of those myths and helping you air quotes, stay on track for this uh, anti-diet diet. diet. (laughs) The anti-diet diet. diet. I love it. Katie, thanks so much for your time today and happy new year. Thank you. Happy new year. All right, girl. That was awesome. If you love what you're gathering through these episodes, please screenshot, tag us, share with friends, and leave a review. It is the best compliment you can give us. It is so encouraging, and together we can help grow stronger families. Be sure to follow us at Together Moments on Instagram and Facebook. Leave us a DM. Check out all our incredible games and tools and your free family resources at togethermoments.com. As always, Take time to gather, together to grow, and speak the words that matter.